0: Hello and welcome to What the Bump. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse who, oddly enough, has no kids, yet a huge passion for informing and empowering women on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me every week as we dive into all things prenatal, postnatal, birth, and so much more. So let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of What the Bump. Today, we're going to be talking about COVID-19, the COVID-19 vaccine, and kind of how it relates to pregnancy and breastfeeding. So I had done an episode on COVID-19 and pregnancy. It's episode 10 of the podcast. So Lord, that feels like it was forever ago. And it, it was almost a year ago, which is a little bit crazy. I believe it was in March that I that I came out with that podcast. And there was so much that was unknown about COVID-19 and pregnancy And that podcast, I really didn't have many answers. I just more so talked about the virus, what it was, and kind of what we were assuming was going to happen to pregnant women who got the virus. But now we do have a little bit more information. And obviously, we have the vaccine. And that is a huge thing, I think, for everybody right now is do I get the vaccine when it is offered to me? Whether you're pregnant, breastfeeding, or not. Any of those, I think that people are, you know, extremely cautious, rightfully so, and I think people are also extremely trusting of the field of medicine, which also is rightfully so because, you know, we've come so far when it comes to medicine, and it's how many people are still living and having wonderful lives that might not have had that opportunity prior. So I just think that there's a lot of unknown, and there still is as we go through this this episode. You're going to still realize that that I honestly I don't have all the answers. Um, I've had a, a quite a bit amount of people ask me. You know, do you do you recommend the vaccine while you're pregnant? And as a nurse, most people know that I have already been offered it. Um, so they want to know, did you get it? And would you recommend it to somebody who's pregnant? And that's kind of what I want to dive into. Um, and disclaimer about all of this before we even jump in is that it's very important to know that no study to date has really evaluated the coronavirus vaccine and pregnancy in lactating women. There just hasn't been any studies on it. No, it's not ethical to study pregnant women. So the research, you you can't find research. You're not going to find evidence or research supporting the COVID-19 vaccine during pregnancy. And you're not going to find evidence or research that that's saying it's terrible for you. And that is because we really can't study it. You really have to weigh out the risks and benefits for yourself, which we're kind of going to go over. Um, another disclaimer that I wanted to add in, honestly, when trying to do research for this podcast... Everything is insanely filtered Um, and that's sad to say but every time I jumped onto Google or even Instagram but mainly Google and the sites that I normally use for podcast research like all of these research study sites, I was noticing that almost all the studies were backed by some type of government, especially U.S. government agency and every website that was coming up no matter what I searched, if it was related to COVID-19, was also published by a government agency or some type of kind of like U.S. government site and I just feel like I have to say that now because I'm not pulling everything from all these other sources and other people. Honestly, a lot of it is coming from the CDC because they're filtering it. Everything I found kind of talked about how the COVID nineteen vaccine was more safe during pregnancy. But let's jump in and let's just chat about this. So let's go back to the basics. I covered this stuff in episode ten. If you want to go back and listen to that, but I'm going to kind of make it a little bit more quick, obviously. What is the coronavirus and how do you get it? So it's spread person to person, droplet, like cough, sneeze. Um, They say it aerosolizes for around three hours. It has a five-day incubation period. So once you're exposed to it, usually it incubates for about five days. And that's when people become symptomatic. It first appeared in December of 2019, which, oh my gosh, that seems like it was just forever ago in Wuhan, which is a city in China. It is similar to the 2003 SARS virus, which caused acute respiratory syndrome. COVID-19 and SARS are both a type of coronavirus, except COVID-19 seems to spread a little bit faster and more severely than SARS did. Signs and symptoms of the COVID-19 infection or virus is going to be, of course, fever, a dry cough. And I think that's one of the things that people notice most is the dry cough, um, shortness of breath. It can cause pneumonia. And a lot of people also notice a loss of taste or smell, who more so are on the asymptomatic side because not everybody gets symptoms. A lot of people get the virus and remain asymptomatic. And a lot of those people just kind of realize that suddenly they're not tasting and smelling. And I know many people in my life who realized they couldn't taste and then they went and got tested and they were positive. But besides that, they had no symptoms. Now, back when I did that first podcast, there was no vaccine or medication for to treat coronavirus. Now, of course, we're going to jump into that in a little bit here about the vaccine. But... It is tested mainly by a nasal swab. I know you can do like saliva swabs to test for the COVID-19 virus, but I think universally the most popular thing that is done right now to test is a nasal swab. It varies in how long it takes to get those results. Some of them are rapid. Actually, at my hospital, we just rolled out extremely rapid tests that take about 10 minutes. And some of them take, you know, four hours and some of them take three days. So it really just depends on where you get tested. Now, of course, there is very validated anxiety and and fear surrounding this pandemic and how it's already impacted our lives. I mean, if you think back to a year and a half ago, I watch movies and I'm like, wait, nobody's wearing masks. And I literally like almost get anxiety watching a movie because I see people without masks on. And that's sad. It truly has impacted our lives in so many ways. And there's a lot of anxiety and fear just around pandemic around the virus and especially when it pertains to pregnancy because pregnancy is just a time where you're already vulnerable because you're growing a human inside of you and you're trying to protect it the best you can so when it comes to pregnancy pregnant women have not shown to be at an increased risk of catching infection from COVID-19 but pregnant women have showed a small increased risk in getting severe or critically ill from the virus and that included things like pregnant women having higher rates of admission to the ICU and higher rates of more severe respiratory issues. So the CDC currently recommends and views pregnant women as being at an increased risk for getting the virus and becoming severely sick from it. Therefore, the CDC currently is recommending the COVID-19 vaccine for all pregnant women. And I know in the area that I am in, um, maternal fetal medicine, OBGYNs, a lot of midwives, they are all also recommending the COVID-19 vaccine to their patients. So like I said, pregnant women aren't necessarily at an increased risk of getting the virus, but they are at an increased risk for becoming more severely sick with it. And like I said, increased ICU admission rates, increased need for being on a ventilator or um, ECMO, which is a life support machine, and increased risk of death compared to non-pregnant females who are at the same age and who are also symptomatic with COVID-19. And that is actually from the CDC. Now, all this data is very limited. I mean, there was a lot missing from what the CDC published saying that pregnant women were at a risk for getting sicker. And the data was just very limited by a lot of information just missing. It didn't talk about their pregnancy status, how far along they were, their race, their ethnicity, about their symptoms. It didn't explain their symptoms. It didn't tell us if they had any chronic conditions or underlying medical conditions. So how much that really correlates With COVID-19 and pregnancy is a little bit questionable, but overall, even though the risks are higher in pregnancy of getting more sick, the absolute and overall risk of actually getting critically ill and dying from COVID-19 for pregnant patients in general is extremely, extremely low. There is no evidence that the coronavirus, getting it during pregnancy, puts you at an increased risk for congenital anomalies in the baby or any problems with the baby's development there is no evidence that suggests that infection during early pregnancy causes a miscarriage or even puts you at an increased risk for a miscarriage. There are a lot of studies that have shown that the COVID-19 antibodies, so let's say mom gets COVID-19, there are studies showing that your body obviously when you get the virus is going to develop antibodies towards the virus and these antibodies that you develop while you're pregnant and have the virus actually do pass through your human breast milk and they actually pass through the cord blood to the babies. So I guess to simplify that, basically it's saying essentially that your baby is getting antibodies in utero if you get COVID-19 through the cord blood. And after you have the baby, if you have COVID-19, your baby can actually also get antibodies through the breast milk. And what antibodies do is it is going to decrease the risk of your newborn contracting the virus because they're going to have developed antibodies from it. And that's essentially what the vaccine is trying to do. It's trying to get your body to develop antibodies from the COVID-19 virus as well. And I have seen a picture, actually somebody I know very well posted a picture of her breast milk that she had pumped. And prior to her getting COVID, her breast milk was, you know, the normal like off white yellowish color of breast milk. And then next to it, she had a bag of breast milk that was like lime green. And I guess they say that the antibodies that are passed through your breast milk, which is completely safe for your baby to drink, actually good for your baby, because they'll get the antibodies, but that it turns your breast milk this like mint green color. Super odd, but I don't know. I just thought it was kind of cool and fascinating. As far as delayed cord clamping goes, again, like I said, antibodies will be in the cord blood. So there's no risk for doing delayed cord clamping at the birth of your baby. It does not increase the risk of your baby getting the virus we also know that like i said the antibodies are in the cord blood so it really doesn't make a difference i think more so the the fear surrounding a mother having having coronavirus and also birthing her baby simultaneously is more so that the baby is going to get it from the mother once it's born through just mom holding the baby mom breastfeeding the baby through mom's more so like droplets and respirations honestly Let's talk about ACOG, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists, their recommendations during the COVID-19 pandemic for all pregnant women. I'm going to run through these very quick because they're pretty basic and we've probably all been hearing this over the last year, but it is to not travel, to get tested if you're having symptoms, to know that coronaviruses do not increase the rate of miscarriage or stillbirth and that the flu does not also increase the rate of miscarriage. So there's no evidence to believe that COVID-19 would either. In some cases, there has been increased risk of premature birth in women who are infected, but it's unclear whether that was actually due to the COVID-19 infection. So general things with the COVID-19 virus, if you have a baby during you actually actively having the virus, if you are positive, of course, you will be under contact, droplet, and airborne precautions. It will be recommended that you wear PPE, personal personal protective equipment, like a mask, while even holding your baby or being around your baby. Breastfeeding is still safe. Babies are normally tested at 24 and 48 hours of life. And a lot of facilities in the beginning of this were recommending around a 14 day separation of mom and baby until mom was negative for the coronavirus and that was definitely recommended for a short period of time and it was a huge fear I mean we had many women come in who would refuse the swab refuse the covid swab not because they thought they were positive or they were symptomatic or anything like that but simply because god forbid they were asymptomatic and came back positive they didn't want their newborn taken from them for two weeks and I know in China that was highly recommended in the beginning and that is no longer recommended whatsoever we very quickly and thankfully realized that a separation from a mom and newborn baby would be causing severe issues that were just not worth even trying to decrease the risk of the baby getting COVID-19. So that is not recommended anymore. Babies are roomed in with mom whether mom is positive or not, just like normal. There are other precautions. You know, like I said, we do recommend that you wear a mask while you feed your baby, that you wash your hands very frequently and that you kind of just avoid giving it to the baby as best as you can while still taking care of it and breastfeeding it and all of that. Standard precautions when it comes to COVID-19 and how to avoid getting it. Regular hand washing, using a tissue when you cough or sneeze and discarding it and then washing your hands. Avoiding contact with anybody who has symptoms of the coronavirus. Avoiding non-essential public transport like taking a bus or train or taxi when possible. Working from home, obviously also when possible. Avoiding large crowds or gatherings, small or large, in public spaces. Um, obviously, that is <laughs> not as popular as it was. You know, social distancing and quarantine are Becoming things of the past, especially if you live in a big city, but definitely still important to avoid large and small gatherings, especially if you're pregnant. Avoid gatherings with your family and friends also because they can still get the coronavirus. Use online services to contact your practitioners if you need to, or any other essential services if you can avoid going into an actual physical office. And if you are more than... 28 weeks pregnant or in your third trimester be especially considerate about social distancing to minimize contact with others that way there is no chance of you having the virus while you actually go into labor and have your baby and i do have a ton like so many links and resources that I've used for this episode and in general, just to find information about pregnancy, breastfeeding, COVID-19 virus, and the COVID-19 vaccine. And I will put all of those in the show notes or for this podcast. So now let's jump into the COVID-19 vaccine. There are currently two approved in the United States. That's the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine. And it's important to note that both of these vaccines received emergency approval and they did skip over the years of trials that vaccines normally undergo. That was a part of them receiving emergency approval and getting these out into, I guess, the bodies of people very quickly. The CDC, ACOG, and the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine also agree that the new mRNA COVID-19 vaccine, which that is what the vaccine is, it's made out of mRNA, They believe that they should be offered to pregnant women and breastfeeding women who are eligible. Like I stated earlier, the vaccine trials did not deliberately include any pregnant or breastfeeding women. So our knowledge and our evidence on the vaccine and pregnancy is extremely, extremely limited. They, of course, did run animal tests with this mRNA vaccine and it did not affect the fertility or cause any problems in pregnancy of animals who were given the vaccine. Also, it's important to know mRNA vaccines do not actually contain the live virus or live particles, which is different. I think a lot of people think of vaccines and they think like that it is a live part of the virus or an inactive particle of the virus. And that is not how mRNA works. There is actually no part of the coronavirus in the actual vaccine for coronavirus. Within hours to days, our bodies actually eliminate the mRNA particles that are used in the vaccine. So they're unlikely to reach or cross the placenta. However, the actual immunity, that a pregnant woman receives from getting the vaccine that can cross the placenta. And like I said, it can pass that immunity onto the babies and keep them a little bit safe and at a decreased risk for getting COVID-19 after they are born. So the actual mRNA particles in the vaccine do not cross the placenta, but the immunity that mom requires from the vaccine that can cross the placenta and give immunity to the baby. One possible short-term side effect of the vaccine trial is of course fever. About 15% 15% of people get a fever after the second dose. Personally, I feel like it's a lot more than that. I feel like everybody I know after that second dose was was pretty sick um, for just like a day or two. But they say that the fevers can be managed with Tylenol, which is considered safe in pregnancy. Remember that chronic use of Tylenol during pregnancy has definitely been linked to higher rates of autism spectrum disorder. But I do not think that a dose or two of Tylenol during your pregnancy, if you choose to get the vaccine to reduce a fever, is gonna cause you any side effects. Rarely is there high prolonged fevers from the vaccine that can lead to actual birth defects. So a lot of people are concerned about the vaccine and affecting reproduction and causing reproductive toxicity. And there has not been research into this yet, but there are preliminary studies that don't indicate that there's any actual adverse effects on reproduction or fetal development. So there's not any known safety concerns about the vaccine during pregnancy, during breastfeeding, causing fertility effects or birth defects. However, there's also not research. And that's, I think, the hardest part, honestly, about even trying to do this podcast or being asked to do it. It's challenging for me because I want to come and present information and data saying that the COVID-19 vaccine is safe during pregnancy and i want to present information and data saying that the COVID-19 vaccine is not safe during pregnancy that's what i want to do i want to present both sides of an argument to to you guys it's what i'm passionate about education and helping you make your own informed decisions but when it comes to this vaccine honestly there's just not a hard stop answer and there's also just not hard stop evidence like i feel like i'm running in circles to be honest with you because There's just not, there's not evidence on it. I can't show you this study with these many pregnant people, and this was the outcome, and these were the effects it had on the birth, and these were, you know, the rates of miscarriage and the rates of preterm birth and the rates of preeclampsia and the rates of placenta abruption, and then I, there's just not that. It hasn't been long enough, first of all, and like I said, pregnant women are not going to be included in these study trials, so there are no known safety concerns right now that are just like point blank on bias, evidence backs it up about the COVID-19 vaccine in pregnancy and breastfeeding. However, there's also not information study and evidence saying, hey, look at all these pregnant women who received it and look at all of their, you know, very healthy, normal, absolutely plain pregnancies because there's also not evidence available about that either. And when it comes to the vaccine, the vaccine is not the end of the virus. This is just the start of trying to end this virus. We have a long way to go whether you get vaccinated or not. These vaccines are not expected to actually have a huge impact on the spread of COVID-19 until so many more people have been vaccinated. So right now, as much as vaccination is such a big question and people have just almost forgotten about all the preventative stuff that I just touched on, prevention is still the key thing right now. Staying inside, not even staying inside, but avoiding large gatherings, avoiding large crowds, like stop going to the breweries, stop taking all these vacations where you're in very public places, surrounded by a lot of people. Keep wearing your mask. Keep washing your hands because I think people just assume that the vaccine is out, that we're going to get herd immunity and like all is good. But pre- prevention is still the main thing right now with the vaccine. And getting the vaccine is a total personal choice. There's no evidence pointing one way or the other when it re- when it regards getting the vaccine during pregnancy or breastfeeding and all the evidence and experts have been extremely vague on this. Like I said, ACOG says that the vaccine should not be withheld from pregnant people and the World Health Organization also did used to state against getting the COVID-19 vaccine during pregnancy. However, then a few days later, they actually changed their statement and said that since pregnant women are at a higher risk or have comorbidities, that they should actually be getting the vaccine. They also did state that you should definitely consult with your healthcare provider to see if you are somebody who is at a higher risk while pregnant to get the vaccine. Currently, there are over 80 vaccines actually being investigated And they are all kind of in the animal trial phase of the study, but there are only two, like I said, currently approved and actually being administered in the United States. The last thing I really wanna touch on, because this is like the only true hard like facts that is surrounding the vaccine, is honestly the ingredients. And the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine pretty much have very similar ingredients. There's really three main things in it. It's the mRNA, so that's messenger RNA. So it's not DNA, it's RNA, a little bit different. And we're not getting into that, but it basically is a genetic code for the SARS COVID-2 spike protein. And like the Pfizer and Moderna, they both do use the original virus genome as a template for the mRNA in the vaccine. Second ingredient is lipids, which is tiny bubbles of oil, basically, that are coated around the mRNA. That way your cells can kind of pick it up and it can actually be used in your body Now, I'm not going to go into the types of lipids they use. You can definitely research that yourself, but they are a little bit different in each vaccine. And the last thing that is in these vaccines is salt water. And they just basically state that it works better than plain water when it comes to injections. The Pfizer vaccine uses a common type of saline called PBS that is often used in other vaccines, medicines, and solution, and that it has a good pH and a salt level for the mixture that is close to our body. So the injection is more comfortable when you receive it. Instead of PBS, the Moderna vaccine uses a buffer called tromethamine, tromethamine or T-R-I-S is also another name for that buffer. I tried to research both of these and see if there was any like known side effects and it seemed generally like there was not any side effects or anything like that. These are the three ingredients mainly used in both of these vaccines. Neither of the vaccines contain preservatives. And I believe that that is why they have them frozen at such intense temperatures, is because they do not, even though they are multi dose, they do not contain preservatives. So, like I said, it's a total personal choice, weighing out the potential risks of, you know, preterm birth. Just getting a vaccine in general can be super scary for a lot of people, and they just might not even like that idea in general. And the potential risks of who knows what it's going to do later down in your life, who knows the. The side effects that they will realize coming out. The vaccine has not been out long enough, so it is very possible that there are side effects that we have not, we haven't been hearing about yet because it's been so short term that we've even had the vaccine. And you have to also weigh out all the known benefits of getting the vaccine: the fact that you will be at such a less risk of getting COVID nineteen, the fact that you have the possibility to pass immunity onto your baby through your breast milk or even in utero. And I'm always honest with you guys. I was able to receive the vaccine in the very first phase that they ever rolled it out, um, and I refused it. The I I did not want it. I I don't regret my decision. Recording these podcasts does not change my mind. Um, I've been tr- tried to be convinced by many many people and physicians I work with and everybody really to get the vaccine, and I've stood strong in my decision not to. And It's just because I don't know enough, honestly. Like, it's not because I think the vaccine is absolutely terrible for you and there's these side effects and they're lying to us and and they're injecting us with trackers. I don't know. I'm not – I don't think there's any crazy conspiracy theory with it. I think it is truly just a vaccine. I've just chosen not to get it because – I just don't think i need it right now i if i was older if i had chronic health conditions or medical issues and if i was at higher risk i might have reconsidered and i might have gotten the vaccine but i'm not i'm very young i'm very healthy i don't have any chronic health issues or risk factors i think if i got covid 19 hopefully you know this is everybody's last words but hopefully i'd be absolutely fine and so for me personally right now especially being of reproductive age and um wanting to have a baby soon i just I just thought better safe than sorry right now for me personally. But that's a decision you have to make for yourself because there are definitely benefits to getting the COVID-19 vaccine, pregnant or not. And there are definitely many scary unknowns that could possibly be potential risks with getting the COVID-19 vaccine, pregnant or not. So I think it is really just a personal choice. And until we have more information, there just isn't, isn't the evidence out there that I truly wish there were. And I'm hoping and I'm praying that Within the next few months, as the vaccine has continued to roll out and more people have received it. And even as time goes on, that we see if there are side effects, because maybe in five years, all these people who've gotten the vaccine will be functioning absolutely normal. Or maybe in five years, we'll be realizing that down the road, it caused a couple health issues. And so you just never know. And I think until then, you really have to make a personal decision on what is best for you, what matters most to you, where you're at in your life right now. It also depends on your age, your health conditions and it's really a very individual visualized choice. There's not a right or wrong answer to whether you get the vaccine or not, but I wish that there were because like I said, I just like the evidence. I like presenting facts, and I kind of feel like I don't have that right now for you guys. So I'm sorry, but I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, and as more information comes out with the vaccine, I definitely will be coming out with another podcast about it. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at what the bump CLT. I did change my Instagram name if you have not seen it. So it's not what the bump podcast anymore. It's what the bump CLT. And please leave a review on this podcast wherever you're listening. Thanks. And I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of What the Bump. Leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And make sure you tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. There's a new episode. I really appreciate you for listening. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. And I hope you have a great day.